Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus podcast. I'm Melissa Varnavis, the editorial director for Actus, and I'll be your host for today's show, which is part of our membership with Melissa series. In every episode of this series, we'll be speaking with members of the CDI community who've contributed to our live events, broadcast educational offerings, or who've volunteered with us over the years to help Actus be the very best it can be. Today's topic is understanding risk adjustment with an eye towards exploring morbidity indices and moving the needle on quality improvement efforts. We're joined by Casey Birnbaum and Cheryl Manchinton, who will be presenting on this topic at our upcoming Actus conference taking place in Orlando, Florida, May 2nd through 5th. Now, I am so excited to be joined by Casey, who is the Senior Enterprise Director for HIM and CDI and coding at, at Peace Health based in Vancouver, Washington. She spent five years at UC San Diego Health as an enterprise-wide director of HIM and Revenue Cycle Integrity, where she provided leadership and strategic direction. And before that, she served as Senior Vice President of HIM and Consulting for Peak Health Solutions. Additionally, Casey's background includes time as HIM and CDI Director and Chief Privacy Officer officer at Ratty Children's Hospital in San Diego and director of quality resource management at Scripps Health. She also served as the American Health Information Management Association AHIMA president and received the 2019 AHIMA Distinguished Member Award among other industry boards and associations that she served on. So thanks for being here. And I'm also happy to be joined by Cheryl Manchinton. She's a senior inpatient consultant, project manager, and quality services lead overseeing CDI at 3M Health Information Systems based in Salt Lake City, Utah. And she's got more than 27 years experience, including policy and procedure development, ethics oversight, staff training, performance improvement, and so much more. Um, so happy to have her here. She's also a contributor for the for the record and in inpatient insights and has been a featured speaker with us at Actus, among other organizations. Before we jump into our topic today, just a brief word about today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by 3M Health Information Systems. 3M Health Information Systems is committed to eliminating revenue cycle waste, creating time to care, and leading the shift from volume to value-based care through innovative software and services across the continuum of care. Get started today and improve your CDI team's impact on financial and quality metrics. Visit www.3m.com CDI for more information. And now back to the show. So thanks again for joining us today, ladies. I'm really excited to be speaking with you both again. Cheryl, I remember uh, working with you on a webinar more than a decade ago back when I was with uh, Healthcare Corporate Compliance. And uh, Casey, I, you and I worked together on various CDI journal articles back when you were associated with AHIMA. So it's nice to have the two of you working together and to be able to sit down with you both today to, to discuss risk adjustment. My pleasure. Mine as well. Thank you. Yeah, happy to have you guys here. To start us off, um, I think clinical documentation integrity professionals are increasingly looking at risk adjustment methods as a means to expand their program reach. What started as a way to look at possible avenues for outpatient CDI efforts, your knowledge of risk adjustment methods can actually help hone record reviews and deepen the scope of reviews for a variety of outcomes. 
Can you first sort of explain risk adjustment at a high level for us? I know, you know, like we were talking about a little bit, it's a really huge topic and we could spend hours on it, but could you give us a little bit of a high level and provide us an overview of the types of comorbidity indices? Um, I know, like I said, defining these various methods could take us a whole hour in and of itself. Certainly. So risk adjustment is a buzzword. Um, to be honest, again, what does it mean? But risk adjustment says, how do you explain or predict the likelihood of adverse events happening to your patient, whether it be a readmission, a complication, or a mortality? So risk adjustment is saying my patient population, specifics about them make them sicker, uh, makes them riskier to have adverse events. So risk adjustment, of course, is key to telling the patient's story. We didn't... Uh, do something bad to our patients. There may be factors outside of the organization's control that contributed or were the sole cause of a bad outcome. Um, there are different models, and I think therein lays some of the challenge that uh, the organizations sometimes have to pick whom to follow. Is it CMS's risk adjustment for mortality and readmissions, uh, which came from the Yale New, uh, Yale New Haven Health Services Corporation uh, is the steward of that. They have a contract with the government to set risk adjustment for the 30-day mortality and readmissions programs. There's also uh, sort of one of the earlier ones, the um, Charleston methodology, uh, readmissions uh, predictor. And then there um, is uh, Alexhauser. And of course, the buzz with Alexhauser was recently um, incorporated into U.S. News and World Report's Best Hospitals methodology. Um, this is, of course, just some of the three big ones. Um, I know that actually Mayo has a model for mortality out there right now that they have just uh, put into Alpha, Beta, and Gamma. Uh, and there's, of course, other organizations such as Vizient Premier that have their own calculators. Uh, and again, I think the challenge is the organizations deciding where do we uh, focus? Um, you know, it could even be health grades, Truven, whatever it might be. Where do we focus as an organization? Uh, because not all of them uh, have all the exact same codes. Of course, that would make that way too easy. Exactly. And it's really a, quite a challenge for folks to get a handle on all of these different things. Am I looking at, you know, straight... HCC, or am I looking at uh, the Elixhauser method, and what are my outcomes and, and goals? And I know that uh, you're sort of trying to say, look at all of these different things, and then how do you how do programs, as you mentioned, Cheryl, target uh, where their record reviews could benefit from understanding these larger concepts? Well, interestingly enough. Um... Actually, at Casey's organization, her director probably had the most um, telling statement, and we iterated several times to the group, which is, instead of being so focused on a particular tool, you know, step back as a CDI reviewer and really say, does this documentation belong in the record? Are there parts of the story that we're not telling? Are we telling a complete, accurate, and compliant story? Um, yes, we do need to be guided, and I think sometimes that is a very high-level decision, meaning our quality uh, leadership and our, our board or CEOs might have certain um, organizations they pay more attention to. 
whether it be Vizient, again, health grades, nope, we're really working on CMS star rating, whatever it might be, is you have to start there and saying, where is the organization wanting to shine? Where are they focusing? And then understanding, you know, the basic methodology on those focus areas. I think sometimes a challenge, and I know, again, Casey will agree with me, the challenge is when your organization says, uh, when you ask them, what should we be focusing on? And the answer we get back is yes. <laughs> focus, on, focus on as many as possible. I think that becomes a, a little bit of a, of a challenge. And, and that's where you do have to be a little bit more strategic saying, what are the commonalities uh, in some of these? Can we focus on certain diagnoses or certain subsets of populations where there seems to be some commonalities? But uh, you do start with uh, where the organization's priorities for quality outcomes should be. And that's really interesting, a positive point that you make, Cheryl, is uh, the holistically looking at the record for the record integrity overall um, and how a direct focus on one aspect can then trickle out and have positive effects over many different program directives. Kizzy, I want to turn to you now, if you don't mind, and, and sort of ask you to talk a little bit about uh, the situation at Peace Health and ask you to tell us a little bit more about your, your personal history at the organization and, and sort of where you sort of came into expanding this exploration into, into risk methodos- methodologies at Peace Health. Great. Thank you so much, Melissa. Good morning. Hello to Cheryl as well. So um I transitioned to Peace Health at a very interesting time. It was about a month after the pandemic set in, so in April of 2020, and it was just nine months after a huge transition in the inpatient coding and CDI space. So we were leveraging um, advanced technology to help us with both um, CDI as well as quality and really trying to change the philosophy from uh, one and done, you find a, you know, MCC, move on to the next record <laughs> approach in, in the CDI um, area to really doing, um, you know, a, a much deeper dive and trying to identify, um, you know, everything that will really make a di- difference from an um, APR, um, severity of illness, intensity of service standpoint. And, you um, And although there were some big gains that were made, um, there were still some gaps that um, I identified upon my arrival uh, from still some silos between coding and CDI in terms of of, um, working together as a team um, and really working um, any mismatches in diagnosis capture, procedure capture. And and also... um, being able to really leverage the physician advisor team that we had um, and some, you know, lack of coverage in some organizations. We really didn't even have um, a query escalation process that was identified and the role of the physician advisor was not being fully um, leveraged or understood in all instances. And 
the case rate was really not where it could or should have been um, associated with some freezes around the pandemic with open positions that we were not able to hire into. So our coverage rate was about 90% pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, it dipped down into the 80s, um, low 80s in in some of our um, our organizations. Um, and we have um, 10 acute care um, hospitals at Peace Health, as well as critical access hospitals. So the coverage and the focus is really around our acute care hospitals at the time. Isn't that interesting? Um, and it's always interesting too to hear about people's experiences pre-pandemic and and during the pandemic and I want to say post-pandemic unless I have my fingers and toes eyeballs crossed at this point. But um, definitely interesting to hear about those experiences too. I think you've touched on one of the main pain points that a lot of programs have is moving across siloed departments. You know whether it is looking at uh, the connection between clinical documentation integrity and coding, HIM, um, and quality, which is, you know, again, a, a major part of your upcoming presentation. And uh, it's just interesting to hear, you know, how you sort of worked through some of some of those, those efforts too, Casey. Absolutely. And the quality arena, that was an area, again, that was another siloed approach, although there were discussions and inclusions of the quality team upon implementation of the new application and new methodology and approach, the vision was never fully realized. And so, um, and there there wasn't good line of sight or um, ability to really move the metrics um, and so that was one of the big areas of discontent with the program expressed when I made my rounds with executive physician leadership and, and even our um, CEOs from all of our networks it was that, yes, um, you know, we do like that, you know, CMI is up, um, that we're having some financial gains um, with our DRG payments and at Peace Health um, across our three states, Washington, Oregon, and Alaska, we definitely um, were, were getting um, a nice return um, because um, most of our commercial payers pay us on a, on a DRG, MS DRG um, payment rate. But it, it really, they were, our um, quality metrics were not moving um, in the same direction. Um, at Peace Health, we use Premier. Um, I had a lot of experience with Vizient coming from an academic enterprise at UCSD prior to my transition to Peace Health. But our, um, I found out that our, our coders and CDI team were not um, you know, involved in all the various teams that um, where we could come together and make a difference. There was a sepsis group that was really focusing on in improving the O to E ratio, but we really needed to look across all um, major diagnostic cohorts. So that was a big, big push um, to really look at what we could do to lean into that challenge. That's really exciting too. And uh, 
thinking about you often hear about programs like you said picking on a specific diagnosis area to focus on and and then building a task force out from that like sepsis and saying okay well, we're going to target you know our sepsis records and we're going to work with our quality team and our you know ur team and our cdi team and coding team we're all going to talk about about sepsis and how the documentation affects all these various outcomes but it's really interesting to then take a step back and say how do we incorporate all of our different efforts you know across the board and really you know scale up that type of interdisciplinary actions right so um, a huge so once we really leaned into that work um, and we actually created an sbar with our quality partners and our physician executive leadership and sponsors and identified um, identified all the factors that would make a difference. And our CDI team and coding team were wor- working off these spreadsheets just to make sure we didn't miss anything. And I reached out to our technology partners and said, you know, this is ridiculous. Is there a way that we can incorporate, um, you know, all of these additional items um, in into our um, CDI coding and and reimbursement platform so that it would ease our um, our burden um, and and you know we also needed to look at our our staffing model as well um, we were um, we had three positions that were stuck during uh, covid um, that we really needed to get unfrozen plus, uh, from a quality perspective, we really needed to move beyond our traditional acute care uh, facilities to our critical access hospitals. And then, you know, also we wanted to um, work on some initiatives in the um, ambulatory space as well with risk adjustment. So we identified that our technology partner was, in fact, incorporating the Alexhauser measures, um, you know, as well as building on onto a platform that it incorporated, you know, so much of what we what we need. Um, and then there were some additional asks that we had, um, so so that we could really tweak that the model and incorporate that. And so we did a proof of concept that identified that prior to the um, incorporation of Alexhauser and a few other measures, we were um, missing from a sequencing perspective about 58.32% of diagnoses fell below the line um, with the 25 codes that we can capture. So um, that was really significant. And then after um, we incorporated um, the Alex Hauser measures um, and the diagnoses, again, with all the HRQ measures, um, we dropped down to only leaving 0.63% of, um, of diagnoses you know, below the line, below the 25 diagnoses. So that was, that was huge. And we did secondary review on those cases and identified that it was really, you know, one of those situations where it was, it was, there, there maybe were a couple of HCCs, but we, 
had some higher weighted um, diagnoses that really needed to go above the line. And we did some tweaking to the model and continue to optimize it moving forward. But I think for, for us, the big, um, you know, opportunity out of all of this was, you know, first of all, our O to E ratio um, after we really leaned in and partnered with our quality team, um, I mean, went, went, our, I mean, we were able to exceed um, the expectation that we had. And um, I was just looking at the slides that we prepared for May and it's time to refresh those because, you know, our metrics have improved so much. Um, and the same team has asked us to also help with all the readmission um, metrics and look at um, at the O to E ratio for readmission. And so that's an area where we actually were able to um, identify three additional uh, positions, realize three position, um, positions out of that ask as well. So just um, some, you know, amazing returns that we've been able to um, to realize, again, with our partnership with Quality and by combining technology, you know, education of our team and, um, and really looking at, you know, because sometimes it's not a matter of, of, of capturing, it's a matter of making sure that it actually hits the claim so that it can be reported um, externally. Right, right. There's a lot that goes a lot that goes into it. You know, as you say, you know, it's going to be one of the top twenty five, and and who's looking at what. Right. But congratulations, really amazing outcomes there. Thank you so much. It, like I said, it's been. Um, I mean, it's it's so fantastic to see our senior leadership coming to us and asking us to also participate in our um, our readmission metrics and. In terms of the filling the three positions, they felt that just, you know, reductions in penalties and, you know, some of the other benefits associated with with improving that measure will make a big difference and and really, yeah, bring up our um, expected rates in those areas. So, so far, so good. It's great to see once you have a success in one area, how, how much that success can triple out into other areas too. Absolutely. And if we can improve our efficiency vis-a-vis um, -vis the technology, then we'll be able to have our staff um, spend more time on some of the outpatient measures and some of the HCC risk adjustment work that needs to be done in our other settings of care. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, you did touch on, Casey, on, you know, on the May conference. So I want to just uh, circle back around to you both and ask you, you know, what are you guys uh, looking forward to about about May? Well, first and foremost, being um, there in person and being able to interact with colleagues that I haven't seen for almost three years at that point. Right. And my last ACTUS conference that I was able to attend was actually at the same venue in Orlando. So I think for me, I think similarly, I'm so excited um, 
for me, you know, I have so many clients in so many parts of the country and I don't get to, we're sometimes so busy with the work that we're doing that we don't have that time to just interact, engage, or I can connect them to each other. I actually have uh, had a conversation yesterday where, uh, and actually Casey, I'm going to be reaching out to you where I have a client that really needs, is, is seeking some guidance and some thoughts. So being able to connect people mm -hmm. together informally, formally, just that networking piece. And, and honestly, again, it, it's always a good time. And yes, I'm excited about Disney World because I am a traditionalist. Uh, you know, so there is the bonus that I'm going to Disney World. And actually, um, one of the clients and I, we actually have an evening together where we're planning our adventure together because we cannot go all the way to Florida and not visit the mouse. Oh, fantastic. Good for you. That's that's wonderful. And I know exactly what you mean about you, you'd be standing talking to, you know, a, a friend and then someone else will come up to you and they'll be asking a similar question or talking about a similar topic. And you're like, hey, Mary, meet Jane. And, and you guys are from similar activities you know, organizations and you guys should really get together and talk about, you know, the, this subject, you know, be it risk adjustment or, or quality reviews or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I'm also looking forward to that as well. So looking forward to seeing you both there and hearing your more thoughts on your wonderful presentation. Thank you so much for all the work that you put into it. And thank you both for being here on the Actus podcast with us today. This has been a great conversation you know, we're getting close to time here. So I want to let our audience know if you have any questions about this topic, feel free to email the Actus team at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. We'll put that email in the show notes for you so you can grab it from there too. Now it's time for Actus Update. This is a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association, sticking with the theme of the national conference. As you know, we've always aimed to foster growth and professional development for those in CDI and their departments. Now we're actually offering a super fun and educational raffle. Um, everyone who comes to the conference has a chance to bring back $5,000 to their organization to continue that CDI education and growth. So one lucky attendee, um, everyone's name will be in a lottery to win the $5,000 to use towards education and resources for your CDI department. Um, and we're real happy about that. So hopefully you can come, do register. You can find the link to register on the Actus website. That brings us to the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, April 27th for our next show, focused on efforts to make CDI an ever more diverse profession with leadership with Linnea Archibald, our Actus Associate Editorial Director. Remember, you can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All the links we discussed during today's episode are available in the show notes as always we appreciate it if you take a minute or two to leave us a review on your podcast app to help others find our show if you have any suggestions for guests or topics please email us at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com and until next time take care everyone.